Hey there. Thanks for listening to the Reliance Podcast. Join us Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock, 9.30 or 11. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Father, I thank you for James and Maria Moranga. I thank you for the ministry, Jesus, in the many, many years that we've been able to serve together as they've come over here and teams have gone over there. I thank you for the partnership. God, you are much bigger than what's happening at one place. You are going around the entire earth right now and you're connecting leaders together, pastors together. You're connecting churches together. You're connecting the body together. And what you call it is the bride of Christ, one bride. Not many, one bride. And I pray that today as James is here, Father, that he stirs reliance to a place of action. That we are no longer going to be a people who says it's somebody else's job to do it. It's somebody else's gifting to do it. It's somebody else's anointing to do it. I pray that today, God, the one who says, I don't know if I have any gifting or anointing, rises up in faith and fervor and says, send me. It's me. I'm going to stand in the gap. And so today, God, thank you that workers were going to rise up in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. We you guys welcome, James? Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Let's go. Uh, blessing to be here again and uh, just enjoying the friendship and partnership that the Lord has given us over the years uh, between our ministry back in Kenya and Reliance. I'm very thankful and uh, was here earlier in the year and uh, mentioned to probably some who uh, attended some of the meetings to pray for Kenya because we were getting ready for our elections which happened in August. And the praise report is that we had one of the most peaceful elections we've ever had in many years. Uh, uh, Kenya has a, a population of close to, uh, you know, millions of people, close to 50 million. And uh, uh, with, with, with over 43 different tribal groups, when it comes to election time, there's a lot of conflict and tension and violence. But uh, I tell you, the prayers, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. And we saw the peace of God prevail as the saints also gathered everywhere to pray for a peaceful transition. Um, just a quick update in terms of our ministry back in Kenya. I serve as a, as a presiding bishop of a ministry called Grace Community Fellowship. And uh, we are, Maria and I oversee a network of close to 40 churches. And then I'm also involved in apostolic and prophetic engagements where we are building unity of the body of Christ. And you'll see some highlights of that. But our core purpose is holistic transformation of lives and communities for God's glory. Uh, where we go to make disciples, but also go in and help to address some of the social, economic issues and challenges of the, in the lives of God's people. In the next slide, we are able to see a picture of um, both Maria and I ministering in one of our gatherings uh, recently back in Bungoma, Kenya, where we brought together close to 300 leaders, pastors and uh, bishops from different church denominations. I do believe in these end times, God is calling for a greater unity of the body of Christ. And so when we see the unity emerging in our nation, we really thank the Lord. And God has helped us to be part of that uh, as, we, uh, as we serve. Our key objectives in the spiritual formation and spiritual transformation of the lives of God's people there, uh, there are three key areas. One is to provide 
printed leadership and discipleship resources to about a thousand leaders each year because God has connected us in different regions of the Western Kenya. And so in each of the regions, we target about 200 leaders every year. And in the five regions, it totals up to about a thousand. And to provide these resources, because uh, many of the village ministers have never been to Bible school and they do not have the resources that are needed for discipleship. So uh, God provided for us a printing, printing machine so that we can duplicate uh, resource materials and put in the hands of the people, of the leaders, for purposes of uh, effective discipleship. We do annual um, equipping conferences with a target of the 200 leaders per region, and then also uh, strategic prayer gatherings. Uh, like I said, there is power in prayer. And as we come together in unity, we have seen God move mountains for his own glory as we gather in unity for prayer. Amen. Um, then we also have uh, an outreach in, in remote tribal uh, communities. Uh, we have two major regions that we reach out to. One is the Turkana, northern Kenya, close to uh, Sudan. And then there is also Samburu. That picture... Uh, the next picture there will show uh, uh, one of our outreach posts in the Samburu region where um, Samburu is part of um, uh, the 31 counties in Kenya. Kenya has 47 counties and there are 31 counties today that are in serious drought. Since last year, they've not had rain. And so their flock have been dying, and uh, there's just been such a dire need for food. So that area, Samburu, is one of those key areas that we are reaching out to. Um, and, and we are helping to provide uh, food. As the Lord provides through partners and donations we get, we are able to take food supplies and also do other projects. But also talking about our agribusiness projects, which addresses the socioeconomics that we engage in, we have done in the past dairy projects, uh, beekeeping projects. Currently, we are focusing on uh, fish ponds as well as uh, avocado uh, growing because there is an international market that we are able to grow uh, avocados and supply to international market, which helps to generate revenue for the people uh, in the villages. Our goal really is not just to give the people the fish, but teach them how to fish uh, so that there is meaningful transformation in the, in, the nations of Africa, uh, uh, in the nations around Africa, starting with my own country, Kenya. Amen. Um, like I mentioned, this, uh, the next slide touches on the dire need in the Samburu area because of the drought. The little container there speaks of the water that these people are able to fetch from the hole. They dig deep to try and get some little water, and that's the best that they can get. And our prayer has been that, God, would you put resources in our hands so that we can be able to go into those areas and drill some deep wells and then uh, pump it up through solar uh, pumps and pump it up into elevated storage. Then start some agricultural uh, projects because the community has been willing to give to us land 
to be able to model some uh, irrigation and grow vegetables, grow food that they can consume, as well as sell to their local market and generate revenue through the local church uh, projects out there. So please pray with us as we venture into these faith projects. Uh, it costs almost like 15000 just to drill one uh, uh, water well and put an elevated tank and then an extra uh, close to 10000 to start off an irrigation project in, in, in those areas. So those are our faith plans by the grace of God. And uh, uh, you can contact us for more info, jamesmurunga at gmail.com. Uh, both Maria and I will be glad to respond to you uh, as we uh, advance the kingdom back in Africa. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, today I want to take some time and just share concerning a message that the Lord has started on my heart, and I'm calling it Heaven's View of Earthly Happenings. Uh, do you, we need to develop a perspective, uh, a divine perspective of what really God thinks concerning what he sees in the world today. At times we can be so engrossed with what we do and with life, and we forget the reality that there is a supreme being who watches and sees and hears and pays attention of what goes on. With all the apostasy in communities and cities and nations, as believers, uh, we are to capture God's perspective of the situation and align ourselves to his purposes. And especially for the nation of America, and I'm thankful to be here today to speak to you as believers in this great nation. As I traverse the nations of the earth, one of the concerns that I see is the apostasy in many, many nations. And I know America is going through her own share of challenges and uh, falling away from the truth and the spirituality. Uh, we can reflect on what is going on in Europe. You know, Europe at one time was one of the leading uh, senders of uh, missionaries to the nations of the earth. But when you follow church trends today, you find that in Europe, there are people who even at this point of time, they have no sense of understanding what Christianity is all about or what even a church is all about. And that speaks of the level of falling away that they have found themselves in. Deep within my heart, I really carry a burden that was given to my heart by the Lord many years ago to pray for America, but also to traverse and encourage and stir up the faith of you as American people to stand firm and so that you can be able to uh, rally one another as a remnant so that this nation does not find itself in worse conditions than what we are seeing today. And it requires a remnant to come up and be able to capture the heart of God and be stirred up in faith to do what they need to do. In Matthew 23, Matthew 23, 37 uh, to 39, Jesus comes into Jerusalem and he raises a lamentation concerning Jerusalem. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I gathered to, I wanted to gather your, your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, 
And another translation uses the word behold. It says, see, behold, look and see. Your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we can read a reference like this in scripture and defy it to history and relegate it to history that, well, that was the time when Jesus came and that's what happened. But I do believe that the Bible is not just a history book. It's the book of life. It is the book of revelation that carries truth. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. These words are spirit and life to us today. And God's desire is to communicate a message from heaven. And what is the message? The message is that God sees what happens in our cities, in our homes, in our nations, in our communities. And there are times that God laments, just like it was in this day for Jerusalem. He lamented because there are several character traits that Jerusalem had developed over time. And one of the traits was that it was killing the prophets. It was killing the messengers. We could look at our world today and say, wow, are there cities that are killing people? Well, the testimony that we've just heard about a nation resisting missionaries, that resistance is recorded in heaven. It is recorded in heaven. When messengers come, and we do not honor them. When we do not listen to the counsel from heaven, anything we do against the many ministers, the pastors, the leaders that God sends in communities, whether locally or translocally, it is recorded in heaven. And for Jerusalem, it was recorded that it has one characteristic. It kills the prophets. And what does the killing of the prophet mean? It's not just about killing and, sh and shedding blood, but it's about also rejecting the message of the messengers of God. And then number two, it says, Jesus raises the lamentation. He says, you stone, you stone those who are sent to you. And then he communicates God's desire and intention for, the, for those cities is that he desires that he will, like a mother hen gathers her chicks, God desired to gather the city like that mother hen. What does that mother hen do? She protects her little ones. So that means when God sends his word into a city, into a family, into a community, he's desiring to gather us like a mother hen gathers her chicks and provide protection. But because Jerusalem was not willing, this city was not willing, Jesus raises up this concern and he says, behold, behold, there is desolation. Brothers and sisters, when a community, when a people group, when a family rejects the voice of God, the messengers of heaven, there will be desolation. There will be a spirit of death. There will be a spirit of destruction. And we are seeing it unfold in our modern day time today. In Matthew 23, Jesus also addresses the fact in verse 34, he says, Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, 
and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. You see, God also sees how we receive these messengers from heaven. And he says, I will send prophets, not only prophets, but also wise men and scribes. That means you don't need to be called a prophet to be a messenger of the Lord. You might be a wise woman. You might be a wise man. And God is sending you with your wisdom that you have received from heaven to go and deliver his word. But even as you go, just like it was in the Bible day, there will be persecution. There will be resistance. Friends, we are in the end times and we need to be aware of these truths. In our schools, in our colleges, the kids that, and I'm thankful for the kids leading us in worship today. It's a statement of their faith. But because of the statement of their faith, it's possible that some will reject them. Some will stone them, not with physical stones, but the words that they lash out at this generation. We must prepare ourselves in faith knowing that there will be persecution. There will be opposition. But when this opposition comes, we rejoice because we see the word of God giving us indication that these things happened to those who loved God and they stood firm. In Ezekiel, God also gives a view, a heaven's view of, of Israel. In Ezekiel 22, from verse 23 to 31, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, say to her, You are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. Think about it, the cleansing of the land. This is a prophetic writing. What is God trying to communicate to us? That there are times when the enemy will come and defile the land. What is the remnant doing? Do we just read about it in the news and say, oh gosh, we are so sorry for what happened. No, we need to rise up intercessors that can go and cleanse the defilement that community from the defilement that has happened. When there has been bloodshed in a community, friends, we just don't need to, to sympathize and, and think of the next election to try and bring in better security personnel. No, we must take spiritual responsibility. Go into that neighborhood, raise up repentance for the innocent blood that has been shed. Why? Because God looks and sees. He says, for Israel at that time, you are a land that is uncleansed. There is so much filth in the land. 25, it says, the conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured people. You think about the religious structure and the conspiracy of some of those within the religious uh, circles that have departed from the Lord. And like Jesus said, or oh, the Bible teaches us the enemy will come in as an angel of light. And there are some groups of religious groups that have re rejected the truth. And today it becomes a conspiracy against the cross of salvation and Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And heaven has a glimpse of this and he, God is concerned. And it goes on to say, they have devoured people, they have taken treasure and precious things, they have made many widows in their midst. Her priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and the unholy. Wow. 
Think about it. We are a royal priesthood. We are the, in the New Testament. Each one of us, we, we, we have a, our share in the priesthood. And God is concerned that as priests of God, we have not grown up to begin to discern and distinguish between what is holy and unholy. This raises a concern in the, hearts of God, in the heart of God. In verse 28, the scripture says, Her prophets plastered them with untempered mortar. As I studied to try and find out what is this untempered mortar, what does that mean? It simply means useless things. You know, we can, even as a people group, as a Christian family, we need to be aware that God wants us not to spend our energy and our life on useless things. He wants us to, to seek and know what are the holy things, what are the valuable things, what are the things that carry eternal profit, eternal value, and invest our future into it. Because the enemy with the postmodern ideologies can bombard us with so many alternatives that we waste our time on just luxurious living without really seeking to know the heart and mind of the living God. These things, they cause a concern in the heart of God. And he looks and sees. And in one of the, in the same verse 28, he talks about false vision. And when you talk about the power of vision, vision brings direction, it brings organization, and God is concerned that in, to some extent, there are people that will begin to to develop false visions. That means they begin to get wrong direction and wrong destinations. Wrong des uh, direction will lead into wrong uh, uh, destinations. In the midst of all this, Ezekiel 22 and verse 30, God declares and says, which then gives us a perspective of heaven's response in the midst of the darkness and the wickedness that goes on in communities and nations. He says, so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. My challenge to you and me today is that in the midst of what goes on, in our neighborhoods. Can God find a man? Can he find you a man or a woman of God who can choose to take a stand, stand in the gap, and build a wall? I'm thinking of this wall right here. You don't just stand there. A pastor could not just stand there and imagine that the wall will just come up by itself and it happens. No. There was a lot of work that needed to go into this building for the walls to come up. And I tell you friends, there is a laboring in faith, in wisdom, in strategy, in inquiring from the Lord, digging into the word of God that we need to labor into in order for us not only to stand in the gap but also to build a wall 
I share testimony right here of what, in one of our communities in Nairobi where the Lord sent us to plant a church. And for our season, we, had, we, we were renting a hall that has a, a seating capacity of close to 200, but only less than 10 people were gathered there every Sunday. And at times you wonder, Lord, are we wasting money? What's happening? But over the recent past, I began to see why God sent us into that community. Twice we have been approached. Our leadership team has been approached by security agents because it's a rough neighborhood uh, known for gangs and criminal activity. And so it has happened twice that security agents have approached our leadership team and assigning us to particular young people in that community and telling us, please, if you do not reach out to them so that they surrender their illegal guns and turn their lives around from drugs and criminal activity, then their life is in danger. Twice it has happened, and glory to God, two young people have given their lives to Christ, one young man and one girl in her mid-twenties. This girl in her mid-twenties, she was the gang leader of a dangerous gang of robbers in that community. And she gave her life to Christ. We've been rehabilitating her from drugs and so that she can become a follower of Jesus Christ. And here is the sweet testimony. So in that community, we, uh, our group had a, a, a guest minister come to minister a few, uh, about two months ago. And this man, as he was preaching, he was from a different town. And he was sharing a testimony how he, at one time, was delivered from a group of armed robbers. And he went on to testify what happened. And this girl, in her 24 years, whom the Lord has been helping us to rehabilitate, she looked down. Later after service, she went to the pastor's wife and said, Pastor, uh, Mrs. Pastor, would you help me to reach that pastor who was speaking today? Because as he shared the testimony, I, could, I saw myself. I was the one who led the gang with the gun to attack this man. And I want to go and repent before God and before this man of God. Praise the Lord. But friends, this is coming from a place where God entrusted us with a community and we were willing to sacrifice and go in there and put up a wall of faith and begin to labor. And those, even in the world around, they see the work we do and they can come and entrust us with security concerns and secrets and out of it, God is giving, turning the lives of these people to him. And the beauty is, not only did this girl give, give her life to Christ, now she's leading the rest of the gangs to Jesus. Hallelujah. So God is looking for men and women who can stand in the gap and build a wall. And thankfully, when I read this passage, it does not say God is looking, that God was seeking to find a pastor or a prophet or a great woman of God. He just says, I sought for a man. 
It's like God is saying, is there anyone at Reliance today whom I can find and empower him or her so that they can go and stand in the gap and build a spiritual wall of defense and raise up intercession, raise up mercy, pleadings for mercy in the courtroom of heaven so that I will not destroy that people, but I will serve them. Brothers and sisters, God is looking for a man. And as I wrap up my sharing today, I'm reminded of Joshua chapter 3 and verse 7 and 8, where Joshua, God speaks to Joshua. Of course, Moses is dead, and now God has come and spoken to them to rise up and go forward. And in verse 7 and 8, it says, And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Friends, just like God is with Pastor Aaron, just like God was with Billy Graham and with other ministers who are standing in the faith, who have labored in their day, God will be with you. But then he also says in verse 8, you shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. What does this mean to us? Think about it. The Jordan was flooded. But God is saying, tell my priests, tell those who are going to go forward to possess the territory, not just to come and stand at the edge of Jordan. A flooded river, just the sound of it, can be very intimidating. But God is saying, I know that you may feel intimidated. I know the challenges ahead might seem so huge for some of you. But he's saying, do not stand at the edge of the river. Put your feet into the waters and see what I, my your God, is going to do for you. I tell you, he is the God who will part the rivers, who will make a way for you. And I stand here today to charge us in faith because there are those here today standing at the crossing point. The Spirit of God says, do not be afraid. Step into the Jordan. The waters will make way. Go forth into your place of active kingdom service. There are cities, there are nations and families to clean up and draw them into the kingdom of God. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's message. To find out more about who we are, find us on the Church Center app. See y'all next week.